All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another RLT Pivot podcast. My name is Tracy, and I'm again once joined by my amazing co-host, Mr. Dan Jensen. How are you, sir? Doing awesome. Uh, very enthusiastic to to tackle this topic because it's something that I think everybody wants to know. Uh, how to maximize your trading profits using some tips and strategies. So... Tracy, we'll start with you. Uh, what's your secret sauce? I mean, let's just boil it down. We can we can finish this entire episode in about a minute and a half. Just give us a secret. Oh, uh, my secret to success. I mean, we're going to go through a bunch of tips, but and uh, some of the things that we think are the secrets. But I would say probably mastering the mindset and being patient. That's probably my secret to success. So, how about you? Uh stop selling early <laughs> and don't worry about losing. Yeah. There you go. Mindset and patience. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think, I think one of the, one of the uh, biggest challenges somebody has as a trader, uh, even if they find a great setup, they're just so antsy to lock in the profit. And, and again, it feels good to lock in a win. It feels good to lock in a profit. It's bad. Like it feels bad to, to lock in a loss. You're just like, Oh man, I suck at trading. But it's not like that. I mean, honestly, it. I think anybody could probably get into a stock and pull out ten cents later, hmm. right? Unless you're buying consistently at the at the highs of every single peak. Eventually, the stock is you're going to be sitting probably in some kind of positive, mm -hmm. and it's easy to get out. The question is, is that really your target? Is that really what you're trying to to gain from the stock? Is that is that small little win really going to affect your P and L mm -hmm. and outweigh those losses? And oftentimes, probably not, right? You have to be very, very consistent in, in just scalping here mm -hmm. and there, right? So uh, try try not to, even though, even if you're taking a trade and your account is red on the trade or that position's red, stick with the plan, stick with what, what where your stop was, try to move it at appropriate spots. But really to maximize your, your profits is you, you want to be, you have to be in the trade to maximize that, that profit, right? So the longer you're in that trade, the longer you can move your, your stops, um, and just try to get that stop eventually to to positive. Okay, well, you started out with nothing, right? You, you started mm -hmm. out flat for the day. You got into a trade, and your stop is at break-even or above break-even. Mm -hmm. What happens if you come down and get stopped out? Okay, you, you tried, right? Yeah. You, you, you gave it your best. But if you keep selling very early, it's going to be very difficult for you to to start to maximize a lot of those profits. Yep, for sure. Uh, you know, we've talked about this before, or at least I've mentioned it before, because you're reminding me of the way that I used to trade when I first started. And I, um, I was very good at not losing money. Very, very good at not losing money. Um, I probably have one of the best defense strategies on the planet. And I realized that well, first of all, that only works if you can actually move your stop fast enough. And second of all, there's going to be times where you're going to take a, a full loss because you just get in and out really quickly and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, but there was a point in my trading when I realized that I was trading with a defensive game. I wasn't trading with any offense at all. And so my, my losses were very small, but I was never getting any gains. And I've traded with other traders as well that when they were learning to trade, as soon as they'd get into profit, they'd just slam their stop up to break even and they'd get constantly wicked out and then the trade would continue to work because they didn't have that patience. And it wasn't until I recognized that that 
from a sports analogy perspective, when you get out onto the court, you can have the greatest defensive game on the planet and you'll never lose a game, maybe, but you'll never win one. And that was kind of a switch that I needed to change in my brain. And when I did, I was prepared to handle the risk and take the risk that was associated with what I was doing because I still had a decent defensive game, but part of offense is actually relaxing on some of your defense. And that was something that I needed to learn. And once I did, it uh, it was a turning point for me. Absolutely. Um, now, before we move on any further and kind of our thoughts, I, I wanted to kind of go through the checklist that we have developed. But the, I mean, the first one that we've done is the developing a trading plan. We've already talked about that a few times. We went over that with um, with our mentor session that we did with Dan as well where we talked about how important it is to have a trading plan. And if you want to get gains, you want to maximize your gains, having that trading plan is going to help with that because you have a roadmap to success that you can then follow. You've tested it. You've, uh, you understand it. You've gotten something that you can actually follow instead of by the seat of your pants. And just every once in a while you show up and you just do your thing and maybe you get your profits. Maybe you don't get your profits. There's a huge difference between something structured and something unstructured structured. Do you have anything to add on that? Because I think we've beaten that one to death on this podcast. But what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think have a plan. And I, I think the one thing that we could probably go into to more detail on is, is I mean, you, you're trying to manage your risk. Um, inside the plan, have, have plans about where you take your entries and more importantly, how you manage that risk. Mm-hmm. When you're able to move stops, why you're able to move stops, I know people will go off the EMAs for different stops. People use pivots. People use volume. Uh, people use VPOC. But be consistent with it. Don't be changing it from trade to trade. So if you're if you're a VPOC trader, don't be trading it just because the EMA looks a little different than the other trades, right? You have to have something that you could consistently do. Something that you if if you were building a bot, you could program this bot to just do the same thing over and over and over again. Essentially, that's what you want to do as a trader. So. Have have those plans as far as um, and and just for this portion of it to to figure out the risk portion of things because you don't want to play defense too hard. If your defense on the field too much, eventually they get winded, they get tired, and, and mm-hmm. you're probably going to lose the game, right? Eventually the offense comes over and and they'll score a couple touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So rest, like you said, rest the defense for a little bit. Um, have a plan as to when they should be out on the field, when you should get to move them, but. Um, Make sure that that you you for two things, don't steal that profit from yourself too early, and don't don't over manage that that stop. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, tip number two is managing your emotions, right? And that is probably I mean we've touched on it a little bit, but managing your emotions is something that I think a lot of traders struggle with for the majority because there's no real answer to this. It's going to be different for every single individual, uh, where you are emotionally in your life, where you, uh, you know, what your support system's like, what your needs are, you know, how much pressure are you putting on yourself? There's a whole bunch of factors that play into it. If, if you're just quitting your job and becoming a full-time trader and you're dependent on that money, that's going to add some additional stress that some other individuals may not have with them. So, the emotional journey is a little bit different for every single person, but it is key to getting to a point where you can maximize your gains. And, you know, what, what do you have to say on that, Dan? Um, I, I would say 
yes, uh, in terms of having a plan for for maximizing the games, it makes sense. The, the other thing too to maximize, uh, just part of part of my plan of, of what I'll strive to do at those resistance points. Go back, back trade. See if where you were taking your spots, where you were taking your targets, that was the high of the day, or it kept running. Nine times out of ten, it probably keeps running, right? So the first, the first little resistance, it's there. It's resistance. You might get some kind of bounce at that zone, but a, play around with taking shares off the table, right? Be able to move that stop and take shares. Because that's moving that stop is just another way to kind of manage the the risk portion of your actual trade itself. Yeah, it's another form of of risk management for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. No, that's absolutely cr- crucial. Uh, yeah. No. As far as the um, well, do you want to move on to tip number three then? Yeah. For Let's tip go. number three. All right. So tip number three is setting realistic goals. So we've talked about this before. And uh, one of the reasons that, or I've heard this a lot anyway, and I experienced this when I first joined the real live trading community was, you know, at the end of the month, everyone's posting their R's and, you know, you start to feel like a terrible trader because somebody, you know, logged 30 R's or 50 R's or 20 R's and you only logged three R's. And it's like, wow, I'm such a terrible trader. Why can't I do that? And then the next month you try and, bang it out of the park and try and get 30, 40, 50 R's so that you can, you know, be in the group and be just as good of a trader as everyone else because your twisted thinking and your emotions are all set in place. So I had to realize that, first of all, everybody's R's a little bit different and everyone plays a different strategy. And some people put more R's at risk on a trade than, than maybe you do etc. The point that I'm trying to make is when you actually understand your system and you do that through backtrading by backtrading and getting to know what your system can actually yield in a week or a month or a year, it sets benchmarks. And again, we've spoken about this many times on this podcast, but it, it sets benchmarks that you can now compare yourself to that is realistic. So you're now comparing yourself apples to apples instead of apples to oranges. And By doing that, you can then set those realistic goals of what you should be able to accomplish in a week, a month, a year, etc. And that's a huge turning point because when you're striving to, you know, hit that three pointer, but you're sitting underneath the net, it doesn't make sense. It absolutely doesn't make sense. And let me let me ask you this, Tracy. So don't compare yourself to other people, right? Have have the R's for yourself. So what would you tell? traders of how to determine what a realistic goal is? Like I said, take your system. So for instance, we talk a lot about the the 10 EMA trade, right? So what you need to do is you go and you back trade and I'm not talking back testing because there's a difference between back trading and back testing. Back testing, you plug it into a computer, a computer spits out some numbers and says, hey, this is what it could do. I want you to back trade where you actually go through each of the trades, you take the trade, accordingly, but you're, you're doing it through a, a back trading system. So you're playing back, you're doing recall replay, and you're going through and you're looking for the setup, you're doing your analysis the same way you would any other time. And you're logging realistic trades that you would have taken had you been taking them live. And when you do that, you log each one of them as if you were trading for real. And 
it spits out some numbers for you. When you keep track of those logs, you're able to figure out what your average loss is, your average win is, your consecutive wins, your consecutive losses. You know, you can find out what your monthly gain, your weekly gain, all of those different things. You can find that out by logging that system. So if you are trading the 10EMA, go back three to six months and look, take one stock, just start from the beginning and click through and look for any 10EMA trades and the ones that you would take, set them up, write it down in your journal, and then however it plays out, it plays out. If it's a loser, it's a loser. If it's a winner, it's a winner. Great. No big deal. Everything's a learning experience. And you keep on going through. And after you finish that three to six months, you can then use that data to find out what your average monthly gain is or your average weekly gain. And from there, you can now set an appropriate goal. So if you just finished doing six months of back trading and you took your, you followed your plan the way you wanted to follow your plan, then, and you saw that you yielded an average of say 10R a month, then guess what? That should be your target. And from there, if you're not getting 10R a month, if let's say you're getting eight or nine, that's still okay because that's within a benchmark. But if you're getting only 5R a month or 3R a month, then maybe you need to revisit and see, are you doing something different than what you were doing when you were back trading? Because most likely it's something that has to do with you. If you are getting more than that 10R, then congratulations, because you're just killing it and you've already exceeded the benchmark. So that's great. And um, like I said, it's just one way for you to set appropriate goals. The other thing that I... I've been thinking a lot about and some of my other mentor students have at, reached out and asked me this question and that's about having a daily and a weekly and a monthly goal and I have responded this way because I see a lot of people saying well I want a daily goal of this and my personal opinion is first of all I don't think that it's realistic to win every single day I don't think that's possible but I think you can average a daily goal over a course of a month. That I think is a realistic goal. By setting daily goals and saying, I'm, I wanna get to this, or this weekly goal, I wanna get to this by this date, or a monthly goal, I wanna get to this by this date. What that does is it, first of all, creates some sort of pressure. And a lot of the traders that I've worked with tell me that what they're feeling is they get that loss and then they feel like there's this re this revenge trade that kicks in, this emotion that says, oh, now I'm even further from my goal. I have to get it. And they, they start to overtrade. That's problem number one. Problem number two is they hit the goal and then they stop trading. So let's say that, that you have in your head that you want to make 10R in a month. And the first week of February, you nailed 10R and you got 10R. So you're like, I hit my goal. I quit. Right? You could do that. But... The fact that you hit your goal a quarter of the way into the month suggests that maybe you're on fire right now. Maybe you're reading the market really well, or maybe the market's just working really well with your with your system. So you're cutting your potential gains short by hitting this target and saying, hey, I'm done. I'm, I'm calling it done for the day. I'm calling it done for the week. I'm calling it done for the year. I'm calling it done for the month. The way that I trade... When I hit these goals, because I still have goals, but again, I, I consider them more benchmarks. What I do when I hit those goals is I can then relax and I can be even more selective 
or more aggressive with how I trade because I have a little bit more to give her or take, right? So I just adjust kind of my aggressiveness with how I'm, how I'm trading. That's really what it is. And I don't, I don't stress over it because that creates, uh, like I said, bad tendencies, bad behaviors, bad emotions. So that's my take on that. I don't know. I, that was a bit long-winded, but my apologies. Dan, do you, uh, do you have no, anything to say I, on that? I think you touched on a, a whole bunch of really good points. Uh, just even going back to where people start comparing themselves to other traders and how many R's they got. Um, and then to the same point that you kind of made in, in regards to people have benchmarks, hey, I need 10 R's this month, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're going for, okay, well, I hit... 10 hours in February, but now I have to get better at trading and better to somebody in trading is okay. Well, now I need 11 hours in March. Mm. I'm going to need 12 hours in April, 13, right? Take a step back. All we're really doing in that scenario is, is keeping score. That's it. We're, we're like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm getting more and more hours. If you do it, great. Fantastic. But again, everybody's R is different. We can't control number one, what the market does. We could only execute our plans. We can't control how many successful trades we have. We could only take the ones that we see. And hopefully that month we're, we're out gaining the losses, right? And we're pulling to positives. And then number two, the only thing we could really control is cost of living, mm -hmm. right? So if, I, if I'm looking at my mortgage, my phone bill, um, my car insurance, car payments, uh, school, whatever people's bills are, that's a solid number that we could break down and go, all right, my cost of living is on whatever, 5,000 a month, right? Somebody else could have the same exact bills that you have, $5,000 a month. If your R is $50, yeah, if you want to rely solely on trading, you're going to need one heck of a lot of R's to, to hit that, mm -hmm. right? And people go, okay, if I hit, for me to pay with a $50 R, I need 100 R's a month. That's tough. But if somebody else is sitting there with the same amount of bills, they have a $5,000 R. They're like, hey, you know what? I, I just hit one R for the month and I paid all my bills. Mm -hmm. Right? So the value behind the R, it's what it means to you. Don't over necessarily extend your R's past what your account could do. Now you're blowing up accounts. But the idea is that you're growing your account. Right? Whether you make one R in a month or you make 10 R's in a month or 55 R's in a month. That's all progression that you're growing your account. But at the same time, the goal is you want to do this consistent. You want to be profitable. And the larger your account is, as long as you continue to maintain your cost of living, you're not really going out and buying private jets and things like that because your account got bigger. Mm -hmm. It's it's very easy to, once you're there, to, to really understand like what I'm actually doing for a living. Mm-hmm. I could just wait all month for one successful trade and be able to pay off all my bills. And then I'm looking for, for, okay, is there another trade I could take? Is there something else? Is there a 1.2 I could get? If I get 1.2, I'm, I'm not only paying my bills that month, plus I'm, I have more pocket change mm -hmm. and the account's growing. I, I think people, people that are trading, especially new people coming into the, into the markets and trying to understand the R system. And they're like, it's just a battle back and forth, battle back and forth. And how do I, how do I get better as a trader? Well, what's better? Is it more R's? Is it eventually increasing your R's? To me, it's more important to increase my R than it is to get more R's for a month, right? But have that determination of what's important to you because I know, all right, I, I know where I could trade per per month. I, could, I know what my average R is per year. 
all right, well, I just got to get my R's to that size to cover the bills and, and have more money left over. Right. So it's a very easy concept, but it's, it's very difficult to kind of see in the moment of like, I won one, I lost one, I won one, I lost one. And you're just back and forth. Mm-hmm. Your count is growing, but you don't really see the, the full value of what you're actually doing. Yeah. yeah right. You know, you brought up actually kind of a mistake, I think, that a lot of traders make, and that is by assessing their growth by the number of R's they make per month. And yep. uh, that really is, like I mentioned earlier, when you know what your system is and what your system can do, if you do want to gain more R's, you need to change your system or you need to add more systems. You need to trade more. You need to, there's certain things that you need to do in order to gain more R's if your system's only capable of attaining so many R's. So really, your assessment is, are you meeting your benchmarks every month? And if you are, congratulations, because you're successfully trading and that's great. So now in order to maximize profits, in order to maximize gains, you do exactly what Dan just said, which is increase your R. You don't try and gain more R's. You try and increase your R because you already know what your system can do. And it's either that or you have to go and find a new system, which can take a lot more time. So I rather just settle in, get used to what I know, become an expert in what I know, get better at what I know and gradually just increase my R to a a big enough point so that, like you said, when you, you know, one R is your entire monthly bills and uh, you've taken care of it and the rest is all just chump change. So it's, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. So the next tip, I think we got time for one more tip, is utilizing a routine. How does a routine help you maximize your profits, Dan? Um, Honestly, I think it just brings consistency. Right. So I think realistically, just by how many, here's the question I would ask, how many times and whether yourself or I've done it personally, but other traders too, I've I've seen them trade where they have to run out to an extra doctor, uh, doctor's appointment that, that day, or they have last minute, I got to go to the bank before it closes. I got to go do this, this, this. And they come back into the room and just at that time, that perfect time, there's a trade just there for them, <laughs> right? Other other traders are waiting there all day for this perfect setup, perfect trade to happen. But yet that person, and it's it just consistently happens for that person. And the best system for them is just to keep leaving the room and coming back, I guess. But <laughs> like there's, it's, it's there, right? That's... They're like, wow, if this, if this candle breaks. Meanwhile, you're like, what analysis did you do? What were you planning? <laughs> like, I, I think having that routine of like, okay, wake up, you, you eat your breakfast, you work out a little bit, you do you do what your normal routine is, you get comfortable with this is it, this is my time to trade, this is what I'm looking to do, and just and then if your day gets shifted, which it will, like it's that's life, it, things come up, you have to run somewhere, you have to do something, come back, get yourself back into that mindset, maybe have a rule where as soon as you walk in the room, you don't trade for 15 minutes, like set the timer, and just wait, watch, because... It's very, very rare that you walk. It could happen, but it's very rare that you walk in at the right exact time for for that trade to happen. More than likely, it's just that that little itch that you have that says, "I got to be in something because I just got back and I feel like I've missed out on something else, so I need to to kind of make it up in the in the uh, rear end of it." Yeah, that's more likely the case. And and most of the time, at least from my experience, when you come back after that and you see that trade, it's usually against your original assessment in the morning uh, to begin with. So that's my take on it. But as far as a routine for me anyway, I think that having that routine really, I mean, there's so much for us to see in the market. 
there's so many things that you need to analyze and, and interpret and grab so much information that you need to process that having a routine can systematically get you into asking the same questions regularly so you have those answers so that you're prepared appropriately and consistently. And that, I think, is something that's really important because when you go back and you back trade and you look at some of your older trades and you're going, how did I miss that? Like that was so obvious because you have 2020 vision now you can look at it and that level was really clear or that signal was really clear or something that happened was really clear. Maybe there was a news thing. Why didn't I pay attention to the news? Why didn't I know that it was that this was coming out? Why didn't I know FOMC meetings were right now? You know, there's just a bunch of different things that that can play or throw obstacles into your trading that if you have that routine you get into a system where you know the right questions to ask on a regular basis, and that can keep you out of trouble, and it can also set you up for some amazing trades, maximizing those profits. So I think that uh, we've offered some pr pretty great tips here. Uh, if you guys have any other suggestions or which one's your favorite tip, throw it in the comments below. Uh, that would be great to hear. And other than that, Dan, I think we're out of time. Quick as 30 minutes, like Rock always says, <laughs> quick as 30 minutes. But uh, we do appreciate you guys each and every week joining us and uh, listening to the Real Life Trading Pivot podcast. Until next time, we'll catch you guys all later. Bye.